say, I already know how this is starting. Guys, gonna start greeting across the across the screen. Welcome to episode one hundred and three of the Half White for Podcast. What you just saw was Johnny Whittley gwittying across the screen, as as uh, one Dalton might have said before before this show started. I am Evan Riggs, joined as always by Mister Gwittying himself, Johnny Fam, and my co-host. Dalton Willie. Guys, this is this is the first podcast since the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Super I feel like we have champs. we have to at least like take a second. Like we got we all like Travis, like have the mic here for a second, right? I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. That feels pretty good. It feels pretty good. And it feels even better that. Uh, the victory lap for the Chiefs is not going to be a COVID victory lap. We're going to have a real live in-person victory lap for the next six months, really the, the, the next 11 months. I can tell the Intel, the Chiefs win again next season. So great time to be had all around. Dalton, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday evening? Uh, I'm a little upset, not going to lie to you. We have ourselves a horrible start to free agency. Like It's just not been fun. I, I beg to differ. It's actually a pretty irritating. I was ready for monster deals yesterday. Really didn't get them. Biggest spenders were Chiefs, and like I know getting the tackle is cool, but where's Odell going? You know, where are some of these free agent wide receivers going? Jacoby Myers was the first one to fall. Give me DJ Chark in Dallas. Come on, let's do something. He does have a family. He has a family. He's ready to relocate, but. A guy who is relocating to DJ Shark's former home. We will start there. News that broke literally moments before the pod. David Montgomery. And if you haven't uh, gotten the gist by now, this is going to be free agency. We're going to talk about trades. It's going to be all um, real-life offseason stuff. Try and relate it back to to fantasy football, as, as one does on a fantasy football podcast. David Montgomery to the Lions on a three-year $16 million, or three-year $18 million deal. Dalton, what did you say the guarantee was on that, like $11 million? $11 million guaranteed. I'm right. assuming the third year's an out. I haven't Pro- seen the full, but that would be my guess. Pro- probably so. I mean, we we know that the Lions, we've talked about that trust being shaky in DeAndre Swift for quite some time, pretty much since midseason last year. And Jamal Williams was the main benefactor during the season, and – I think it's honestly going to be a legitimate debate as to which of these running backs we'd rather have next season. If this is the backfield, like if they don't draft somebody else, we go into the season and and this is the backfield. It's legitimate chance to me that Montgomery's the first and second down guy and the short yardage guy, and Swift is the third down guy. What what, what do you say, Dalton? Oh, uh, I I actually kind of disagree with you that there's even a debate. I think. Montgomery is the guy I'd want to own in fantasy at this point. Um, I I do think you're right. John Jay Switch will be the third down back. But even then, I just – I think that we saw last season that he has a major decision-making problem. He always tries to make major plays instead of just making the short gainers. Mm-hmm. And an alliance team that has one of the best offensive lines in football, you just don't need that. Um, and the coaching staff doesn't need that. And I see everybody qu- crying on Twitter already that he needs to get traded. But – I mean, I don't think there's any competent coaching staff that's going to want him to be in place for that. Just to well, look his his skill set and his durability issues 
kind of both lend itself to to being in that role. Like 10 to 11 touches a game for Swift is probably best for his health and just for the betterment of the offense because he is that home run hitting guy. And you don't have to rely on him to to get those tough yards uh, in between the tackles because he hasn't really shown, I don't want to say the capability, but he hasn't shown the capability to do it consistently, like make the conscious decision to do it. I'm sure he could do it. Like there's nothing about him as a player that makes me think he can't other than the decisions that, that he makes. But I, I think this is actually a good move for, for the lions. Like this is a pretty, uh, we're not the biggest David Montgomery fans, but this is a pretty, pretty cheap deal uh, as far as signings go, even for a running back. Well, actually <laughs> this is for being hard. It's, the largest running back contracts on a new team since 2016, David Montgomery lands sixth on the list. Yeah, on, on a new team. That that's yeah. because every running back that gets paid gets paid by yeah. by the same team that they that they were drafted by. Like I I think if you asked people at this time last season what is David Montgomery gonna get on the open market, people's guesses probably would have been higher than this. And I, I don't know what this ranks league wide. But this is probably like middle of the pack, which is about the type of running back he is. So I think it's fine. All right. The Giants earlier today, uh, the guy in the thumbnail, Darren Waller, is headed to New York. The Giants receive Darren Waller. The Raiders receive pick number 100, otherwise known as the Kadarius Tony pick. So I've already seen a couple Giants fans joke like, you know what? Making the Eagles lose the Super Bowl and getting Darren Waller all in the same uh, cycle of of deals with with those same assets, kind of worth it. So I think the Giants, at the end of the day, are probably pretty happy with this. And I made this comment to you guys earlier today, like, or maybe even it was in our fantasy group chat. I don't know. It's like, if you're going to pay Daniel Jones, you have to give him more weapons. And Darren Waller, when he is out there, I still think is a pretty good weapon. Now the question with him is how often is he out there? Cause he hasn't been lately, but the biggest question for, for purposes of fantasy Dalton is, is this an upgrade or a downgrade from the situation he was staring down in, in Vegas? I mean, I think it's an upgrade. Uh, Josh McDaniels, in my opinion, is not a really competent play caller. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo for all of his EPA stats, I still think is a pretty middling quarterback. I, would prefer him over Daniel Jones if the locker rooms look drastically different. But I mean, you have Devonte Adams, you have Jacoby Myers, who just signed there. You have Hunter Renfro. Yep. The target competition there is heavy. And the way Josh McDaniels plays football is just not conducive to a good fantasy environment. The only good fantasy player in most of those Patriots offenses, other than Gronk was whoever his slot guy was. And they have three slot guys on that team as of now. And they had four with, Darren Waller, I think he's in line to be a clear target machine. The Giants are probably still going to draft a wide receiver, but I think, I mean, he has like 150 upside targets on this team just because there's nobody else. We saw a game where Isaiah Hodgins got 13 targets. I mean, hey, he was a, he was a decent player yeah. down the stretch. Um, the one thing I do want to say is Jake Seeley had this tweet, thought it was worthwhile to bring up the last four years for Darren Waller per game. He's at 7.7 targets, 5.4 receptions, 12.1 yards per catch, 2.1 yards per outrun, and 11 fantasy points per game. 
if you just look at the last two years, the targets are down to just below seven. The receptions are down four, to 4.2. The yards per catch actually up to 12.7, but the yards per route run uh, have taken a dip down to 1.68, and the fantasy points per game down to 8.8. I don't know if this is PPR or half point per reception or, or what the format is, but Waller, even when he's been out there, has dipped a little bit. But I still think this is an improvement for his value for all the reasons you said. Better coach, better scheme. Not sure about better quarterback, but better coach, better scheme will probably result in better quarterback play for, for the Giants than, than we'll get from the Raiders. At least I'd feel pretty decent um, about, about saying that. And, you know, looking long term, obviously, like, you know, poor one out for our friend Eli, who is a Darren Waller owner and a Dan Bellinger owner in our dynasty leagues. I know he is conflicted. What I would say, this probably won't make Eli or anybody else in his situation feel better. It's just a, a fact is that Darren Waller, his only guaranteed money is this year. After this year, the giants can cut him and have nothing uh, against their cap dead money wise. So just because Waller has three years or four years or whatever it is left on his deal, this isn't necessarily a long-term a long-term thing there, but I'll be very curious and hopeful with how this works out because obviously this team needed weapons in a, in a big time way. Yeah. Um, I think it's an interesting deal. I think the giant success as a whole this season is making their entire front office think that they should continue to keep their core together. When I, I, I still think they need a rebuild. I mean, they just signed a linebacker on like a $30 million deal you don't like linebackers getting paid left and right right now don't understand that they're like the running back of the defense but i mean the saquon barkley and the daniel jones resignings are head scratching i think they think they're still a competitive team uh which is interesting (laughs) well they're they're in the nfc so they they like they they very well could be um but uh their moves this entire offseason have been a little Head scratching to me, but it's a good landing spot for Darren Waller. Probably the best you could ask for if you look around the league. Yep, and then we we look back at Vegas. You mentioned all all of the guys still left behind. I I will be very curious to see what happens. Like Devontae Adams had the weird cryptic Instagram story that was, what was it? Like, if you haven't talked to me in the last three weeks, don't talk to me now (laughs) or something. Yeah, but then he came out and said he was just like, uh, my phone had been dry forever, and then people started texting me asking about what deals were going on. And- I saw someone make this point. This is a very uh, applicable point to to me, and I think Johnny, probably not you, because I know you talk to like eighty five people every day. I don't talk to enough people every three weeks to to make that statement. Like, it, if you haven't talked to me in three weeks, odds are you're like, like I probably talked to ten people like in any given three week span. So like, it's okay to you can message me if you haven't talked to me in three weeks. Just not not Devonte Adams. Don't don't. Don't want to don't hit my phone up, offend the guy. But what I was going to say is I, I will be curious if this turns into kind of a Juju signs in Kansas City. And then we all think about how Juju and Tyreek and Kelsey are going to work. And then Tyreek gets traded and it changes everything. Waller's not as big of a domino, but curious if we're going to see any domino fall with with Adams yet or if this will be their team. And, you know, their team right now, Jacoby Myers signed on a three year, thirty three million dollar deal. Twenty one million of that was guaranteed. I think we agreed that as the Chiefs, we would have done that. And I, I think any team would have been wise to to give Jacoby this deal. I, I know he's not an amazing receiver, but he's good. And people were legitimately wondering if he was going to get Christian Kirk type of money. This is not 
Christian Kirk type of money. So I think a good move by the Raiders, Mike Clay and uh, Matt Harmon have both said that Jacoby played some on the outside last year. He'll probably need to do that um, again with Vegas, move around a little bit this season. Even if Devontae Adams isn't there, like especially if Adams isn't there, he'll play outside more. But even though Waller is gone, if Adams is still there and Rimfro is still there, like I'm not sure this is much more than a wide receiver three. So like from a fantasy perspective, I'm not sure if people should be thrilled with this, but Dalton, what, what's your takeaway? I mean, I feel like it's safe to say Jacoby Myers and Hunter Rimfro are pretty comparable players. Yeah. Um, and I know there were injuries last year, but Hunter Renfro finished outside the top 60 wide receivers and points per game even. He's outside the top 60. Oh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, he was like at one point wide receiver like 105 when I checked and was like, yeah, you can go ahead and just shock my bet with, with Dalton. Well, then Derek Carr Renfro. and Jimmy Garoppolo, in my opinion, are pretty comparable players when it comes to supporting the players around them. So they I mean, are, but, but they're different types of like Derek Carr throws a lot of deep balls. Jimmy yeah. does not. He's a really so, short passer. So we'll see if that benefits a guy like Grimfro or like Jacoby Myers lining up in the slot some too. But yeah, as far as level of players, they are very similar. Yeah. And I just, uh, it, I'm probably not interested in anybody not named Devonte Adams and Josh Jacobs on this team, mm-hmm. but like, I'm really concerned about drafting any Raider. Like, trusting Josh McDaniels, I don't think he's shown himself to be a good play caller. Oddly enough, I think Derek Carr probably elevated that team more than McDaniels was, too. I mean, we had a game against the Falcons last year where somehow Devontae Adams gets one target the entire game. Um, Probably the only player I'm confident drafting next year is going to be Devontae Adams. Uh, Josh Jacobs has already gone on Twitter, and he's complaining. And (laughs) this is one of those teams that I think they're like, half an inch away from just needing to blow it all up. They're more than that. They, they yeah. should, like, they have the fifth pick, right? Fifth pick. That That's where, where Vegas mm-hmm. is right now. The Jimmy signing. I don't mind. The if, ninth pick. Sorry. Ninth pick. Oh yeah. Right. Fifth, fifth pick is Seattle. The other team that signed a quarterback that could also still get a quarterback. Like <laughs> the Raiders could very easily still sign a quarterback. And then the Jimmy signing makes more sense to me because like, okay, even though Jimmy's not the answer and we had to move on from Carr for, for some reason, I'm not you know exactly sure what, what all happened with all of that. It makes more sense to bring in a veteran uh, to kind of stabilize things if you're going to draft a young guy either at nine or trade up in the draft a little bit. If they don't draft a young guy, it's kind of like, what are you – like, why? What, why are you – just go in on the tank if you're if you're not going to draft a young guy this year. So be curious what they do in the draft. And if they do draft a young guy, eyebrows at least raised a little bit more by those offensive weapons because you have the upside of a better quarterback maybe taking over at some point. But obviously an unknown right now. I, I think we agree that we're not exactly thrilled. Like there could have been many better landing spots for Jacoby Myers. In well, the last thing I'll just have to say about we kind of group Jimmy G into this. I'm really surprised that no one's gone around talking about like there's, there should be an injury concern flag on Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't yeah. think he's had a healthy season since the new, new England season. Um, he may have stayed healthy the the year they went to the Super Bowl and lost the chiefs that, that may be like the yes. one. And then, and he, then he was relatively healthy last season when they lost to the Rams, but he still did miss 
Well, he his something. entire shoulder he had to have surgery in the offseason, and that yeah. was I think that was one of his limiting factors in the playoff run. Um, but there's no right now. There's no quarterback in in Las Vegas behind him, and the likelihood of it being a good starting caliber quarterback is really low. I know they've been linked to Will Levis pretty often. Um, there was a rumor floating around Twitter today. I don't know if you saw it that they called Chad Henney to see if he'd come out of retirement. <laughs> um, so and they saw that ninety-eight yard drive of the playoffs. They were like, "My man, Chad like, Henney." I just I think this team is like probably going to be my pick to be what I thought the Dallas Cowboys were going to be this offseason, even though that turned out incredibly wrong. I think the Raiders are it looks like they are losing their locker room. Jimmy G's not a leader. They don't have a leader in that locker room. And Josh Jacobs is very unhappy. And he's probably the star of that team with Devontae Adams. The the question is though, what kind of grass does does Vegas play on? That that'll really be what determines this. It's a uh, bluegrass. You know. Don't underestimate Bermuda grass until you've stepped on it. That that's what I've heard. <laughs> All right, the Philadelphia Eagles, the the reigning runner-ups of the Super Bowl, have lost a lot of defenders. Have signed a couple of those guys today. But what we care about is the one-year right one-year deal. Is that what it is, Dalton? Yes, the one-year one point three something million dollar deal that they gave to Rashad Penny who I, I have seen takes ranging from he could lead the NFL in rushing to, oh, easy top 12 running back Rashad Penny. Uh, they kind of quietly brought back Boston Scott. So Boston Scott can't game over Rashad Penny. Is that room right now? Saul Trey Sermon's name float out there today as a guy He's that could- still on the team. That could, that could work in and, and maybe find a role. But Rashad Penny to the Eagles and just based on all of the EPA per play and advanced stats. The people are getting excited, Dalton. What do you well, have to say? It's easy to have people? a good EPA per play when you've played seven games in your NFL career. Yeah. Like <laughs> everyone's like, if we could just, if Penny could just stay healthy, he could be this. Like, I get it, but it's not just. You are literally asking him to do something he has never done before in the NFL. Just, like, never. He has never stayed healthy for a full season. He either starts the season injured or gets injured <laughs> well, during, is, during the season. This is sixth year as yeah. a running back in the league. Like th- these are when the miles really start to add up. It would, the only reason he's not with the Seahawks. And, he, and he, he literally came into the league with a flat tire already. Yeah. I, I don't see it happening. Um, depending on where he lands in ADP, I like the like idea of a home run hit if he's like a fifth round running back. That's just not if they don't bring in anybody else, he, he he's gonna cost a top fifteen running back pick. Yeah, that I'm just not doing. I'm just not interested in it. The the upside clearly is there. Like we we all know he was awesome at the end of two seasons ago, and then the beginning of last season when he was healthy. Again, when he was healthy, and this is not. Typical nicked-up running back, miss a, miss a couple games. You obviously expect that from almost any running back. They're going to miss time. This dude's played, like, I bet, I, I'd bet i have to go back and look at his game log. I would not be surprised if in the last three years it's less than 20 games. Like, I really wouldn't. He, he has missed so much time and has had so many different injuries. I think all of them have been lower body <laughs> injuries, too. So, 
I'm with you. If it's a if it's a home run swing, if you don't have to draft him to be a running back one or two on your team, if you've done like a pretty traditional draft where you have a balance of running back and receiver that you've taken early, I'm fine with it because I think the people are right when they say Penny behind this offensive line could be amazing, but that's just such a big risk to take with a with a pick the pick high enough that I think he's going to have to go. Yeah. Well, I'm, if he's that high, I'm just, I'm just not interested. There are other guys I'd rather take later. Um, not to mention the, the Eagles most definitely have the draft capital and take a guy in the third or yeah. fourth round. Yeah. And I, yeah. And they only paid him 1.3 million or whatever it was. Kenneth Gamewell's dirt cheap. Boston Scott, I'm assuming was brought back on almost nothing. So they are paying very little to that running back room. There, there is nothing stopping them from, drafting a guy in a very deep running back class which that's when it will get truly interesting as if they draft a guy that that people like at, at running back quite a bit and, and bring in that offense because i think we, we we suck predicting situation year to year but it sure feels pretty pretty good to say that this is going to be a good offensive line again and a good offense as long as everybody's healthy and it's a great place to be in at, as a running back but i just I'll put it this way. In Dynasty, this is great for Rashad Penny. Great. If you if you if he's just sitting on your bench, great for you. But in redraft, it probably just prices him out for me. And in Dynasty, you you could get burned by doing this. I would Sell not high. I would not hate the idea of trading him before he plays a game again. There's hey, no even even trading him before he works out again. The dude could get hurt working out. Well, like, what's what's he like if you have him in Dynasty? I do not have any way that I can tell you he's making it past this year and getting another deal that makes you happy. Like yeah. there's just no shot. He's going to be 27 years old at the end of this year, going on 28. If you're buying him in Dynasty, you have to be a ready-made contender that you're already ready to win, and this could be a chance to to buy a piece that can help you for half the season at, at various points, basically. Yeah. Okay, on to another oft-injured player, Michael Thomas. He's coming back to the Saints. I don't even know if we've seen the details on, is it a reworked contract or new contract? I, I don't even know, but Michael Thomas back in New Orleans. We'll, we'll keep this one um, pretty short, Dalton, since you're the resident Michael Thomas owner in Dynasty Leagues. Were you? Let, let's take the Chiefs pie-in-the-sky scenario out of it. Let's just say random new team or back in New Orleans. Which would you have preferred? Um, post Derek Carr signing, yeah, New Orleans, okay, uh, because the guy's definitely a locker room problem. <laughs> a lot of coaching staffs that would have probably brought him in as a wide receiver one would have been pretty irked if he wasn't, and he mm-hmm. probably would have been pretty irked if he wasn't. I think with the way this scenario has worked out, which was. Earlier this season, the Saints worked his contract to make it so he would be a June 1st cut. Mm -hmm. Then they go out in free agency. They get Derek Carr. It's clear he wants to come back. He comes back on a reworked deal that apparently has a lot of incentives. So it's clearly a prove-it deal. Um, And he's probably also looking at that wide receiver room and what played out last year and saying, I'm not the one on this team. He probably thinks inside he's the one, but I'm sure the, the front office was making it abundantly clear that Chris Olave is the guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't hate it. He's probably 
the second or third best wide receiver two in the NFL if he's fully healthy. I mean, obviously, T. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think if you really stop and think about that, there's a lot more good wide receivers. Brandon Ayuk, so we have three. Uh, he's up there. He's top two. Okay, okay. Who, who'd you say? T. Higgins, Devonta Smith, Brandon Ayuk, Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett. Um, and then it re- like, yeah, I guess it it does get. Eh, yeah, I mean, Thielen no longer on the Vikings and also yeah. not not as good anymore. I don't know. Well, the the Jets have a, have a lot of receivers to choose from yeah, as well, a wide receiver. Too. Real quick before we move off to New Orleans, I, I think I'm with you that it's it's probably fine and, and probably probably fine if you're the Michael Thomas owner that, that he goes back to the Saints. Uh, that is probably – like there are a few teams where the situation probably would have been better, but also you just – you run the risk of him going to a worse situation. And I think this is a fine outcome. The depth chart looks fine. Quarterback situation is fine. Like it's all just like fine. You're fine with Michael Thomas going back there. And we should at least mention Derek Carr. He goes there on a four-year deal. I think it's a four-year deal. That kind of masquerades as a two-year deal with, with some earlier outs. I really just wanted to mention this because I wanted to use it as a chance to to say shout out to Chris Olave. This is great for Chris Olave compared to what he had last season. I've recited this stat quite a few times on this podcast, I think, since the season has ended, but he was second in the NFL in most unrealized air yards this year. I mentioned earlier, Carr likes to throw it deep. He was, I believe, I have the the makings of, of the stat here somewhere. So Carr is like third in the NFL in EPA per attempt and passes 20 yards or more down the field. And the success rate is top 10 among quarterbacks. So good deep ball thrower should be a big boom for Chris Olave, who, you know, even with as bad as it was at the quarterback spot last year, is a wide receiver 25 on the year. And that's with missing two games with terrible quarterback play. In reception perception, he's 83rd percentile against man and press man coverage. Matt Harvin said, basically, if you're above that, above 75, he considers you a star-level talent. Chris Olave, awesome. His situation goes from terrible to decent. So a big win for Olave and Olave managers, including me, everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a huge win for Olave. Way better deep ball thrower, more consistent quarterback. Unfortunately, Dennis Allen is still the head coach, which, yes. One thing at a time. You can only fix one thing at a time. The New York Jets, um, I bet you by the time most people listen to this tomorrow, Aaron Rodgers will probably be their quarterback. He's going on Pat McAfee at like 1 o'clock Central Time. We don't know that for sure, so we can't say for sure that's what's going to happen. But he put out a list. On that list of guys he wanted them to sign is Al Mazard, who gets a four-year, $44 million deal. $22 $22 million guaranteed. And I think the biggest question I have after this, Dalton, is Alan Lazard or Elijah Moore in fantasy next season? Let's just assume Aaron Rodgers is the guy who's probably going to be throwing them the football. Because that that's the assumption. I think that's the assumption the whole world is under right now. We can come back and correct this at, at, in the next podcast if that doesn't happen. Do you know Aaron Rodgers has never gave, given a receiver – in his year three or earlier, a thousand yard season. Just an interesting thing with <laughs> Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson being the stars of this. Offense. I said a lot more interesting for Garrett Wilson, which yes. I think that that streak would break with a healthy yes. Garrett Wilson season next year. 
I'm still betting on the talent of Elijah Moore. Uh, I mean, Al Lazard had like really piss poor target competition in Green Bay mm-hmm. and didn't even put up a thousand yard season. He had five touchdowns and he he didn't even put up 150 targets in a year where you would think they would do that. He with did anybody. lead. He did lead the Packers in end zone targets each of the last two seasons. So even when the even when Devontae Adams was there the last his last year, he led the Packers in end zone targets. So he does at least have that connection with Rodgers. But I'm with you. I'm. I'm taking the gamble on Elijah Moore before I'm taking the gamble on Alan Lazard in, in mid rounds. Corey Davis is almost certainly going to be the guy to go. He's got like a $10 million cap hit. They can just get out from under if they cut him. So Lazard can kind of take that role, which is big bodied, solid receiver. That is a blocker. Good blocker. Yep. That's Matt Harvin said on Twitter. So he, he will help them from a football perspective, but he is not anywhere close to the second most talented receiver on this team. And I, yeah. I just wanted us to both get that out there because I sent the tweet earlier in the group. There are people who just because Alan Lazard got this contract, like, oh, my God, Elijah Moore has to be traded or he is just dead for fantasy. Look at what they paid Alan Lazard. I mean, look at what the Chiefs paid Marquez Valdez-Scantling last year. No, surely McCole Hardman couldn't be just as good as him until he gets injured. Like, surely Juju couldn't be better than him for large portions of the season. Like, you, you can't just follow the money. And I feel like we're people are falling into that trap again. So I just wanted to, on the record, Elijah Moore, still very talented, a guy that we're still excited about. And we just hope to God that a good quarterback can bring some some good stuff out of him because I know we feel good about Garrett Wilson and his production profile for next year. Yeah. Just as a sidebar, I absolutely hate what the hell's going on with the jets. And this, <laughs> it, it is the most absurd thing I've seen where they've brought in two coaches and three players so far. And they didn't need, they didn't need receiver. They had Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios, probably not going to be back, but could have been Randall Cobb is probably still coming in. They're apparently in on Odell too. Maybe Mercedes Lazard Lewis. takes them out of that. Yeah, Mercedes Lewis. It's like these are all things that the team didn't really need. They need other things. But you know what? Hey, if Rodgers goes there and he wins them some games, all will be well because the Jets would just love to make the playoffs, I'm sure. Yeah, it's just it's infuriating to watch this occur, especially with Lamar Jackson freer, not asking you to sign $100 million worth of contracts to scrubs and nobodies. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, uh, fewer points per game than Carson Wentz last year in fantasy. Just, uh, just saying, just saying, it wasn't it wasn't all sunshine roses for Rodgers last season. Um, Samaje Pirine signs a two year deal worth, I think it's up to eight point five million. The base is seven point five. He's got about a million in incentives. It seems pretty clear that he is probably the bridge until Javante Williams comes back. When that is, we obviously still don't know. There were all con- the the range was wild uh, at the combine of things that we were seeing people say. It's like he could be back week one. He could literally miss the whole season. So at this point, let's just sit that one out. We don't know when Javante is coming back. We do know Samaje Pirine will be there and be a factor in this backfield until Javante is back, and then probably play a role alongside Javante when he is back. I still think the bigger question, because Samaje Pirine is the only running back besides like a practice squad guy, probably, that I'm even aware of. Uh, is Latavius Murray still under contract? Mm-hmm. They all have Latavius Murray. They released Chase Edmonds. 
obviously Melvin Gordon long gone since since midseason last season. So Super Bowl champion Melvin Gordon. That's true. That's true. So you would think that they're probably going to bring in another guy. It just depends on if it's another cheap veteran, uh, undrafted or late round rookie, or if they do take a running back in that like third, fourth round range where some probably some pretty good players can be had. So I think it's too early just to say it's going to be P. Ryan and Javante, and that's the backfield. But P. Ryan does get a nice little boost because he should have a nice role for at least some part of the year if Javante misses time. Well, what's weird is this is also double the Rashad Penny contract. And Twitter was up in arms about Rashad Penny landing in a great spot. But Piran's getting paid like a, a starter for a running back, which Denver has is doing a horrible job, I think, this offseason at acquiring assets the right way. I, mean, I think they're just throwing money at players. But he's going to be a bit of a thorn even when Javante's healthy. I feel like he's a good enough player to do it. He's a good pass catcher. He infuriatingly took a lot of pass catching work from Joe Mixon. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, Mixon was the pass catcher and P Ryan, the bruiser in college. And they kind of flipped uh, in, in the pros on the Bengals. And P Ryan is at least big enough to where you could see him getting some of that short yardage stuff with, with Javante back. So he, he could definitely be an annoyance. That's for sure. I'll be curious to see what's playing out in Cincinnati next with the talk of Joe Mixon being a potential cut, Chris Evans is the only running back left on that roster. Yeah. Other you... than KU star Puka Williams. <laughs> their practice squad. Yep. Yep. Puka. Uh, yeah. I would think that the Bengals are pretty primed to, to draft a running back. And if they draft a, a running back, people like that is going to be a guy people are very excited about, excited about and, and redraft and especially in, in dynasty, because that's obviously, a good situation. Okay, one more major one, and then we'll kind of zip through some other stuff that's happened and then maybe talk about just some guys that are still out there. As of this recording, um, need to check Twitter and make sure nobody has has signed since we started. But the Bears, I mean, we're really burying this because a lot has happened since then, but the Bears, trade the number one overall pick. They are now, I believe, pick nine. I, I think we said pick nine may have been the – yeah, nine. So maybe the Raiders are it. I don't know what the Raiders are. The Bears are pick nine, but it was pick nine next year's first. And then I think this year's second and next year's second. And DJ Moore as a just nice little throw in there. DJ Moore for the number one overall pick going to Carolina. The Bears get all the other stuff. We can talk about if, if you want what quarterback you would ta- target or think they should target. At number one, but first let let's start with Chicago real quick. Um, the two main guys we care about here, DJ Moore and Justin Fields. Let's start with DJ Moore. Do you feel like this helps or hurts his value? Let's just say relative to previous years, because we we don't know what that quarterback situation would have looked like, you know, with with him there and with them still being at nine. Yeah, I just can't get on it. I heard Matt Waldman talk about how it's a good fit because the routes that DJ Moore runs and the the balls Justin Fields does throw uh, line up pretty well. But he, he's a good outside receiver and he runs good vertical stuff. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, this team was like the highest run percentage in the last fifteen years in the NFL last year, mm-hmm. and I granted some of that is a result of the personnel they had, but they they're not coming to like an above average pass rate. And no, I and and, and John that. John Daigle had the stat. I'm not going to read through every um, every team, but it was like in the last 
10 years, he looked at all, basically all of the lowest volume passing offenses. And you look at from that year to the following year, on average, they increased at about four passes per game. So if the Bears do that, I mean, they were at 22.2 pass attempts per game last year. That was the fewest this century. So even if they go up by by four a game, which is the average, they obviously could go up more, they could go up less. It's funny, the Ravens actually went down one, one of these years that they were this low. But even if they go up to, to 26 a game, that is on par. I'm looking at 2012 through 2014 Seahawks. That's less than two than than two of those years and less than the 2018 Seahawks that we all remember the let Russ cook everybody yelling about that so this is probably to your point still going to be a low volume passing attack yeah and at that point because I still think DJ Moore is going to probably be a third fourth round pick you're you're just really hoping on a really high level of efficiency and then on the other side of that even unlike those Russ offenses, we just don't know if Justin Fields is actually a good passer. Like yeah. we knew Russ was a good passer, at least on a, a low volume. Same with Lamar. Mm. We we don't know how accurate. God, that feels like such a long time ago that we I just know. knew. We just knew Russ was a good passer. We uh, knew it. And But you're looking at a situation where we don't even know if Fields is a good passer. We don't know what the play calling actually should look like. There's so many question marks in Chicago that it's just not – I don't think it's a smart idea to take a risk at DJ Moore anywhere earlier than like the fifth or sixth round. Yeah, I, I think I think he is going to be, in my mind, pretty similar to what he's been, which is a fringe top 20 receiver. He'll have up and down weeks. He probably won't score a ton of touchdowns because this offense might throw for 15 touchdowns <laughs> this next season. So DJ Moore may catch six touchdowns and have it be almost, you know, be like 40%. Of, of his team's touchdown receptions. I saw that um, Ryan Pauls had the option of a 2024 first or DJ Moore. Which one would you rather have? I would take DJ. No, if it's it was the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it had yeah, to. Yeah, I'm taking that. Oh, my God. That's a top five pick. Almost. <laughs> like Probably. I mean, like, even if you say the most likely range of outcomes is like five to 11, because their division is so terrible, they're probably going to win some games and probably not going to be the very worst. They did just sign Andy Dalton to a two-year contract. Well, they're going <laughs> to draft a quarterback number one overall. So I think Andy Dalton is going to be the backup. If Andy Dalton is starting week one, there are going to be heads rolling <laughs> in Carolina already. I, I would rather have that first-round pick, and that's no shot, DJ Moore. It's just like, I don't know. You could probably use that first round pick and trade for a receiver better than DJ Moore, in in my opinion. And I, I like DJ Moore, but he's not. He he's a tier below the Stephon Diggs and AJ Brown and those guys that have moved to quarterbacks with the similar type of profile, right? Where they were had a lot to prove as passers, were pretty proven runners, and these elite receivers came in and made the difference. And I think that narrative is probably going to get. The, the DJ Moore stock probably too high for me this season. Now, I think for Fields, I think this does help Fields' fantasy value because it just he just has a weapon. He has a legitimate weapon, and all of a sudden, that receiving core makes a little bit more sense. Like Claypool and Mooney, that, that's a pretty solid complimentary 2-3, and then they could still draft a guy, or they could still sign another guy for cheap. I'm sure the Bears probably still have money to burn. Like, I think this will help Fields as a passer 
How much will obviously depend on on how good he truly is. But from a fantasy perspective, you like it for Fields. Yeah, I still think, I mean, statistically, Fields had a way worse season than Allen and Hurts did their years before mm-hmm. getting their studs. And then just on a, like a raw level, Stefan Diggs and A.J. Brown are probably like a full two tiers above D.J. Moore. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just – I don't think Justin Fields is going to be the guy – um, I think it helps his fantasy value, but I've seen him as high as QB three. So even then, like I'm probably out on that, even with DJ Moore. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Okay, we talked about Carr, the Saints, Jimmy G to the Raiders, Daniel Jones back on a long term deal uh, to the Giants. Hope that works out uh, for the G men. Taylor Heineke to the Falcons on a two year, twenty million dollar deal. Why go get Lamar Jackson when you have Lamar Jackson at home? As as people are saying um taylor heineke and desmond ritter look like they're going to be the quarterbacks of this team next season in no particular order and in no particular order of who plays at what part of the season because i'm sure they will both play at some point next year it just feels like how it's probably going to work out don't love it for Pitts. don't love it for for london i really think that's probably all all that matters right now dalton any any differing thought um, I mean, they're bulking up their offensive line, so it looks like they're going to do another season of the Arthur Smith special, which is run the ball 30 times a game, even if you're losing by two touchdowns. Probably so. The Seahawks bring back Geno Smith, a three-year deal worth up to $75 million. This is kind of a fake three-year deal. I think they can get out of it after even one year for, for not a lot of harm done. So we'll see if this team brings in a quarterback. It would still make sense for me, um, to me, rather, for them to do so Saquon Barkley Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard none of them get long-term deals but all three are back on their teams on the franchise tag and and Dalton like if you're a dynasty manager of any of those three how are you feeling about these guys all being back in their same situation which we probably like in every case but we don't have any long-term security maybe it sounds like maybe Saquon will get a deal done before the season there's been talk of he'll sign a deal in the offseason haven't heard anything like that with Pollard and and Jacobs as of yet yeah if I'm ranking it it's Saquon Josh Jacobs and then like a deep third is Tony Pollard yeah uh at the top Saquon has a talented offensive coach and an offense that really needs him and the Waller edition probably takes some of that pressure off of him I secondly, I talked about McDaniel's earlier. Not a huge fan of him, but he definitely has a checkdown artist in Jimmy G here. Probably yeah. to catch more passes. Definitely uh, got his workhorse role. Then Tony Pollard. I mean, you lose Kellen Moore. Zeke's still there. Like I feel like they're going to run the ball more. Say, all eyes on Zeke now, whose dead cap hit goes from eleven point eight million to five point eight million post June one. We are yep. finally entering the zone where he could legitimately be cut. It could happen. Jerry would never. <laughs> yeah, I just like if I'm a dynasty manager of any of these three, I think I feel a little discouraged that none of them have any long term security. This could very easily be a run the wheels off and let them loose uh, situation yeah. for any of these three guys. Yeah, but going past your rookie deals, running back, I mean, those guys really keep their head of steam. Like Eckler is probably one of the rare outliers who yeah, but like you know, on the second deal. But like think about like Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, all those guys at least got second deals or and are playing multiple years into them. So we didn't even get that for in, any of these three yet. It, it yeah. could still happen, but we, we don't even have that yet. So just worth pointing out. Um Learn Fournette, Aspie released. We have yet to see where Lombardi Lenny 
will end up. I, I actually thought Detroit may have made some sense, but obviously not going there with David Montgomery. Going there as well, probably the biggest news that got buried just because of uh, the big, uh, the biggest news from a fantasy perspective probably that got buried just because there's so much real-life NFL stuff happening. Austin Eckler is has been given permission by the team to seek a trade. So at first he requested that he wanted to seek a trade. Now today I've seen that negotiations have basically failed. He's requested to seek a trade. This is pretty much now. It did not move as quickly because Tyree Kill, we heard he could seek a trade and he was gone in like the next hour. That has not happened. But it seems like when something like this leaks out in that order, he's probably not going to be back. So I'll, I'll just ask, because we obviously don't know for sure yet what's going to happen. If you had to rank these three for Eckler as a dynasty manager, what order would you put them in? New team on a new contract. Chargers on a new contract, just hypothetically. Or Chargers, and he plays out his contract, which is one more year, and then he's just on the open market. Chargers on a new contract. Chargers, and then a new team. Um I, it's probably pretty tough to convince any other coach to give a five nine hundred ninety nine pound running back a full workload like. And, and that's probably why he wants to be paid. And right, yes, oh, absolutely. Like, he's like, you guys are giving me the ball way too much. Like yeah. they, they, they say they're going to make an effort to not do it every year. It, they're not giving it to him as much as like the Panthers with McCaffrey back in the day, but it's still a lot of work, a lot of yeah. checkdowns, a lot of between the tackles for a guy who is very strong but very small. Yeah. Um, so you want him there as long as he can. And like even the loss Lombardi, I think is going to hurt him regardless on this team. Cause they're going to probably stop doing their stupid checkdowns and let Herbert throw it deep. Mm-hmm. But like, it's very hard for me to put 20 touchdowns for him in a lot of offenses. Cause they have to move the ball effectively. Yeah. And there aren't many teams that move up and down the field. Like the chargers have the capability to do. Yeah. I, I think I would put, now, from a redraft perspective, it's obviously Chargers, Chargers, one, two. From a dynasty perspective, I think you can make the argument, which I think I would, that just because he would be getting a new deal with more guaranteed money, a little more security, that I would rank him being on a new team with a new deal, number two. But because he is, what is he, 28, his new deal is probably not going to be that big even relatively speaking for running backs it'll probably be pretty reasonable and he may be going to a, a different team where i'm not saying he's going to be the, the the deandre swift 1b but that there will hopefully be another guy there more capable of taking work off, off of his shoulders and just an offense more capable of not putting everything on on this guy and if that happens his value could be much, much different than than what we're used to. But I still think from a dynasty perspective, you take the longevity probably over one more year of what I think we already thought, like you said, was going to be uh, a little bit less valuable this year in, in L.A. Yeah. No, and I think um, – I, I mean, again, he'll probably be outside my top 12, um, and I'll get burned during it by that. But. <laughs> I, I, will, I will be very curious to see where he ends up because I – he could end up somewhere where he's again the unquestioned one, or he could end up somewhere where, like I said, he's a legitimate one A, and there's a legitimate one B that's there, and it's great for him in real life. And 
you're not feeling very good from a fantasy perspective. Or, or maybe you are. It's redraft because you can get him at a good discount. Because he, if he is somewhere with another legitimate running back, his stock is probably going to plummet. And then yeah. this podcast might finally be an Austin Eckler podcast, full 100% agreement among everybody. Took me two years to do. <laughs> All right. Couple more just to mention the Texans signed Robert Woods, pretty inconsequential, other than Brandon Cook's still there. Brandon Cook's probably gonna get traded, we think. I I've thought that for a while. He's kind of forgotten about because he's not a free agent, but just uh keep Brandon Cooks in mind when you think about all these teams that that could use a a veteran receiver. And there are a lot of them out there. The Falcons trade for John R. Smith, uh Arthur Smith, former position coach, I believe, for John U in Tennessee. Even though I made fun of you uh, for Kyle Pitts, I think this is actually probably a good thing for Pitts. They could run some two tight end. Johnny can actually line up a tight end, run legitimate routes, and do all that tight end dirty work that you frankly don't want. Kyle Pitts doing most of. The Jags franchise tag, Evan Ingram. Calvin Ridley officially reinstated. If anybody hasn't read his Players' Tribune piece, you should go read it. It's really good. And while there's no guarantees of how he'll play this season, you at least seemingly have guarantees of where his mind is at and his mind is at wanting to come back and be really awesome, which hopefully for him, he's able to do so. That would be a, a very cool story of Raheem Mostert back in Miami on a two-year deal, 2.2 million guaranteed. I think it's worth up to 7.6 million with incentives over that time. And I don't have it in the doc, but correct me if I'm wrong. Jeff Wilson also back, right? Yep. So back. a legit chance that they could just run back the same room or maybe they'll, they'll bring in another guy. There was a, uh, I'll call it a report, but just murmurs on Roto World. Uh, take a little trip down Beach Street, if we will. That, yes. that that Dalvin Cook is being mentioned by by Dolphins beat reporters. So. They have three picks in the draft. I think. <laughs> like, what worries me about these two signings is, like, if they draft a running back, it's a waste because they have so few picks that they're really losing out on like some positional strengths. Yeah, and. Unless they're doing like the dynasty strategy of like, I'll give you my 2028 first if you just, <laughs> just give me the guy. Like, I don't know what they're doing out there, but they're desperate. They're they're going all in, that that's for sure. Okay. Now let's just I just wanted to kind of list some teams here just just to get out there. These are some teams that are still arguably looking for their starting running back. The Bears, you know, we didn't even mention Clear Herbert, our guy, is kind of alone atop that depth chart right now. Will that continue? Probably oh, not. Oh, they signed uh Travis Homer. Oh, well we well then he's yes. probably the the locked and loaded RB1 on that team then. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Travis Homer got two year four point five million backfield counterpart Rashad Penny got one point six million. Hey man, I'm just saying the Seahawks a little low on running backs. You know PD he likes his running backs. So I'm feeling a little, little beige on the Seattle. Max chaos. It could happen. And <laughs> fantasy Twitter would have a bad day. I put the Broncos on this list before P. Ryan. And I think it's still legitimate that for a portion of the season, the Broncos could still be in need of the guy you'd consider their starting running back. Not, not a sure thing that P. Ryan will be that guy. The Panthers uh, have Deontay Foreman, who's a free agent. And I think Chuba Hubbard still there. Panthers are a team you could easily see, you know, the running back, uh, the Eagles. Jamal Williams. I, yeah, Deuce Jamal Williams, Williams would would make a, a lot of sense there. Uh, the pa- or the Panthers. I just said the Panthers. The Eagles. I know they just signed Rashad Penny. We said earlier. You just said a minute ago. Very cheap deal. 
no sure thing that he's actually being brought in. Like the Eagles have big, big plans this season. And running back is a very big part of this offense. Now I know you can put most running backs back there and they're going to do well, but the problem for Penny, like we said, he's just not always back there. So it would not be a surprise to any of us if they are still looking to spend a little bit of money or if they draft a guy, they have a surplus of picks, not suddenly taking a guy in the first round, but they have multiple first round picks. They can take those premium. They can take the positions of need that are truly valuable. And then, maybe spend a premium pick on a running back Uh, in the mid round, the chargers, if they trade Eckler, they're a very interesting running back destination. The dolphins, as we mentioned, the bills, I mean, they probably have either their one A or one B in, uh, in James cook right now, the Bengals, uh, We don't know what's going to happen with Joe Mixon, the Titans, uh, Derek Henry was put on the trade block uh, about a week ago. Haven't heard anything about that since, but who knows? Maybe, maybe Henry, is gone and elsewhere, and this team is looking for a running back. The Vikings, same deal. We, we've heard some Dalvin Cook buzz um, with them, and they have made some cost-cutting moves the last couple of days, getting rid of guys and restructuring Kirk Cousins. So, very. And they just curious. signed Byron Murphy to a two-year, twenty-two million dollar deal. Yeah. So whether it's Alexander Madison is back and Dalvin Cook is gone, or maybe Cook is just back and Madison is gone. There's still a lot of unknowns there. And I think you can take the Lions off this list that I originally put because it's going to be probably Montgomery. Uh, I mean, the Saints, we don't know how long Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended, but probably for at least half the season, we are going to have a different start of running back in New Orleans. So that'll be one to follow as well. And the Falcons, I mean, you mentioned them as a team that is probably going to be looking to run the ball a lot this year, and they have a great offensive line. Are we sure Tyler Algier? is going to be the guy this if year. If you want to know a team that would be stupid enough to trade for Derrick Henry. Yes, yes. Can I introduce you to the Atlanta Falcons? Or or draft Bijan or take a running back in the first two yeah. rounds. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I could 100% see the Falcons doing that. So not saying like go sell Algier, but just, just like tread lightly on going and buying him and thinking he's just the guy. Because if you listen to Arthur Smith at the Combine, it did not sound like a sure thing that they're not going to be bringing in more running backs to this situation. Yeah, and I, I think they definitely are going to. They want to run the rock, and they're probably going to bring a guy in with an early pick. Yep. So running backs yet to sign. Um, Miles Sanders, obviously not going back to Philly. Probably, I guess. He he tweeted goodbye basically to Philly, so it seems like that that's over with. Jamal Williams, probably not going back to Detroit. Could probably be a valuable add in a lot of Running back rooms, Alexander Madison, Jarek McKinnon um, will be a cheap guy out there. That not sure how much of a fantasy factor McKinnon will or won't be next year. But if he's back on the Chiefs, you, you can't rule out him being a guy worthy of a roster spot. Deontay Foreman, Devin Singletary, I mean, kind of quietly a free agent, kind of quietly just floating out there. Wild to believe he's a free agent. It feels like they just drafted him. Yeah. Uh, Leonard Fournette, as I mentioned earlier, Kareem Hunt. Pretty deep in the list before I say Kareem Hunt, but Kareem Hunt is out there. Damian Harris, Dalton. Man, it's got to be a rough day for you. You thought Damian Harris was going to be a in lion. that Lions role. For I sure. did. Um, I still think he's probably, uh, other than Alexander Madison and Kareem Hunt, he's probably the best back on that list. Um, yeah. 
he's he's up there. He's up there. Uh, Dearness Johnson, uh, uh, under the radar guy, but it'll be interesting to see where he goes. It probably won't be as a starter, but does that mean I Jerome think... Ford is the RB two? In- yeah, I was gonna say Jerome Ford, very interesting dynasty guy because I, I liked him coming out of college, and I think he's probably gonna be the RB two. They may bring in another That's wild another young guy, but maybe it's finally time for Nick Chubb to be unleashed. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. I did not even think about that until just now. Um, I could see Dearness being a, a guy for the Dolphins. That like that kind of price range. They could just bring in another cheap guy who has a little bit of upside. I, I could I could kind of see that one. Um, and then I mentioned all of the big guys to watch: Mixon, Cook, Eckler, Henry. We'll see what happens with them over the next couple of weeks. And just I'll mention some receivers and tight ends that are out there. Dalton, you can stop me and talk about anybody that you find interesting before we get out of here. Juju, as of this moment, has not signed anywhere. Um, it seems like the Chiefs want to bring him back from what we've seen, but that hasn't happened yet. Cole Harbin, more likely than Juju. I, I believe that he will not be back in KC. You mentioned Odell Beckham Jr. at the top of the show. He is obviously still out there. Demanding anywhere from $20 million to, to very little. I, I don't really know what to believe about, about what Odell is going to get paid next year, so he could literally be on any team. Um, Adam Thielen. Another guy out there, age 33, um, EJ Shark and Darius Slayton, kind of the last marquee guy, which tells you a little bit about what this wide receiver class is it's horrible. I mean, is looking like it. And then tight end, um, kind of kind of in the same boat. There's a very exciting tight end class coming in. So none of these guys that are free agents really get you too excited, like Irv Smith. Dalton Schultz, Mike Gusecki, Hayden Hurst, Foster Moreau, Robert Tunyon. I mean, Foster Moreau is the most interesting to me out of this group. Dalton Schultz is the best. Foster Moreau is the one that is kind of the most unknown because he's never been a full-time starter. We don't know what he could be. I'm sorry? Are you talking bad about our boy Irv? I'm not talking bad about Irv. I'm just saying we've we've yet to see Foster Moreau as a full-time starter. I haven't seen Irv as a full-time starter. We have, and he just keeps getting hurt when he gets those chances. Not the same. <laughs> there was any effect. I think, uh, yeah, you don't like to be in that that company. I think what's most interesting, you know, the Packers have a vacant tight end spot. It's a little bit less interesting without Rodgers, obviously. The Dolphins do too, but like Gasecki's leaving there and people are happy about it because they don't use the tight end. At least they didn't last year, and Gasecki is, is pretty decent. The Bengals are are the team to watch. Obviously, they have a uh, a Hayden Hurst size hole at tight end, and any of these tight ends or a rookie could really see a big boom in their value if they end up in Cincy. Yeah, I think it's probably the best landing spot right now for a tight end, uh, especially in redraft. Agreed, Dalton. Anything else that we should get to? I'll do one more sweep of Twitter before I get out of here. But any any parting thoughts before we jump out of here? It is probably the worst year for wide receivers in like five years. And that includes the NFL draft. Like mm-hmm. it's just not pretty. And somebody, maybe not, maybe the NFL's wisened up, but I still think somebody on that list is going to get a payday that they don't deserve. And well, Lazard kind of did like it wasn't, yeah, Lazard out of, kind of did. it wasn't out of control money, but it's more money than he probably should. But like, gotten. is Miko going to get like a three year, you know, $62 million deal or something like, I don't know, but I don't think we can overreact to one of these guys getting paid. And I think somebody on that list is going to get paid. If yep. it's OBJ, I'll be really 
torn because that's going to be a difficult one to read. If I will say this, if Odell gets paid, I'm not saying follow the money, but if Odell gets paid, you have to feel decent about his health because that's obviously the big question. If Odell gets paid, you feel pretty good about his prospects next year. If Odell ends up on a, on a one year, like $2 million deal, like he's requesting 20. That may be a crazy number, but if he ends up on a cheap number where people are like, Whoa, I'm surprised. That's all he got. Unless it comes out that he went to a team and specifically took less. Then I think there are legitimate concerns about, about his health. So I think the amount that Odell gets paid actually is probably one of the like two top storylines I'm watching outside of where he goes um, as far as receivers are concerned. But okay, that is going to do it for episode 103 of the Half Point Per Podcast. I think next time we talk, it'll again be a couple of weeks probably between this show and the next one. We'll probably have some more signings to talk about. And I think we'll get into some some rookie talk, some upcoming rookie talk. Talk about um, some prospects. We've mentioned the receiver class, kind of meh. Tight end and running back, though, pretty, pretty good. And a lot of quarterbacks are going to go high in the draft. It is a very interesting NFL draft, and we look forward to talking about that as well. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Half Point for Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube half point for podcast come watch us uh break down that rookies break down those rookies hopefully avoid um any any claims any copyright claims if we put video of these rookies on on our youtube channel this time around but thank you guys so much for listening and we will be back in a couple weeks with a lot more fun topics.